This is The Bouquet Toss, a wedding planning podcast brought to you by TheBudgetSavvyBride.com to help you decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Welcome back to The Bouquet Toss. Today, we're talking all things trending and beauty when it comes to wedding day hair. To anyone out there feeling stressed about how to decide what look they want and how to achieve it once they've made that decision and make it last all day, we feel you and we're here to support. We're so excited to have Joseph Main, celebrity hairstylist, with us today to discuss all things trends, tips, and tricks when it comes to wedding hair. Joseph Main is ColorWow's artistic director, trademark beauty's brand founder, and a celebrity editorial and bridal stylist with celebrity clients, including Ashley Benson, Sophia Bush, and Kate McKinnon, to name a few. I'm just fangirling a little bit over here. Um, (laughs) He is a master at creating fun, trendy looks like bubble ponytails and space buns, as well as go-to glam styles like textured waves and volume bombshell blowouts. Joseph is based between LA and NYC and was recently named Best Hair Protégé by Allure Magazine. We're so excited to have you here to get some hair education and tips. We need all the advice for these. I'm so excited to be here. That was such a wonderful intro. Thank you guys. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like we should start out something that Jess and I were talking about. When it comes to hair, we feel like a big thing that can happen for a lot of brides is that they're looking at all of this inspiration on social media or, you know, TV, whatever it is, and they can start to fall in love with hairstyles that aren't necessarily achievable for their hair. So we would love to hear what your recommendations are for getting inspiration like that's specific to the hair that you have. Yeah, that's a really fair question. I mean, I think it's really difficult to tell from pictures always if somebody has the same texture as you do. So I always recommend that clients just put together like a full Pinterest board and we can talk through it together. Most things are achievable kind of on everyone, but it's just, it usually comes down to how long something will last or how long it might take to achieve it or whether you need extensions to get it. And so going with something that like works with your hair texture, of course, is really important, especially when you want it to last. It's important to work with a stylist that can kind of talk you through that so that you guys can can talk about not only what works for your hair type and texture, what's best for your face shape, what's going to complement your dress the best, um, and what's going to last all night. You know, it'll largely depend on if somebody's there with you for touch-ups all night or if you're going to be left to your own devices. So there's so many factors that play a role. Is your dress a classic dress or is it something that is a big statement dress? So maybe your hair should be a little more subtle. Like there's just, I could go on all day. It's great to find a stylist you can collaborate on. Yeah, it sounds like it's finding like a perfect balance, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think a lot of times people on their wedding day, like, choose each element like they want the most amazing dress and the most amazing hair and the most amazing makeup. And then you start having all these competing elements. So I think it's really important to like choose what you want to shine, highlight your best features, which may be your hair and your lips and, you know, your chest or whatever it might be. And then you, you go with those things with your dress and your hair. Amazing. So how can, you know, a bride kind of balance like what is currently trending right now with what actually just looks good on you personally? Like how how much do you see your brides maybe like going for something trendy versus something maybe more timeless? Like what's your thoughts on that? Well, luckily right now, what is trending is pretty timeless. Like most brides are kind of doing these either, you know, soft glam waves or these like bouncy blowouts, like effortless, with just a couple pieces pulled back. And so the trend is very 
classic, um, which I really love. I think it's it's super beautiful. But I think it's it's just important to feel like yourself that day. So I love when a bride wants to go for it and find something that's really of the moment and isn't afraid that in a few decades might not still look relevant because that seems to be such an important thing to people. Like they want their pictures in 30 years to look like as if it's the style is still current, which I just think that it's really cool to just go with the moment. But yeah, it's just, it's kind of different for everyone. If you're like a, a, you know, a fun fashion girl and you want to, to rock a trendy style, then again, like go for it. Um, But kind of currently it's this really soft, effortless look and looks great on most people. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, right? I wonder if it is possible for anything to truly be timeless. Like everything is all always going to look of a certain era, right? <laughs> yeah, I just don't know when the focus became on this idea of timeless, where like, it's okay to like lean into what is, you know, 2022 and just like be that. Because even, you know, any bride before now, it's like, look at our parents' dresses and stuff. I don't know if they were saying timeless, but they definitely didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We talk about this a lot when we talk about dresses, because there's such a like tradition of like moms wanting to pass down their dress to their daughters to wear. And typically every daughter is like, no, there's no way I'm wearing that. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing with the bouquet toss is bucking tradition. I love that we're saying like, let's not worry about 30 years from now. Let's be like right now and figure out what looks good right now. And I agree with you, like nothing really looks timeless because then the quality of the picture is a dead giveaway. Like there's just nothing that can transcend, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even the, the width of your groom's tie, whether how he's wearing his facial hair, it doesn't matter what you try to do. There's going to be a dead gift <laughs> of when the picture is. Yeah, it's so true. That so true. That's spot on. It's really funny to think about. I think, you know, our generation, maybe like our parents got married in the 80s. And so like yeah. the hair was big, the sleeves were puffy, you know, like. I think that's, it's like trauma from their pictures <laughs> that were like, okay, we're going to be very calm, very subtle. <laughs> Yeah, we were going the opposite direction. I mean, honestly, with those dresses, if if moms wanted to pass them down, at least there was plenty of fabric. To <laughs> it's so true. I actually saw a really cool article about how this one bride turned her mom's dress into a pant and like a pantsuit. Oh, like that. using the fabric and the, the, yeah. kind of like a crop top pantsuit that she wore to her rehearsal dinner. Like that's. I I know you work with a lot of celebrities. One of my favorite like celebrity bridal moments is Maren Morris. She actually did like revamp her mother's wedding dress into like a short. It it looks very 80s, but it was very like trendy and fashion forward. I don't know. It was really cool. And I just love that she, you know, did include like that personal, meaningful element that was related to her family, but like made it her own too. Totally. I mean, I think those things are so fun, especially because wedding dresses are so expensive that a lot of brides don't think outside of the box. And it's like, if you wanted to make something out of your mom's dress, you could easily do so for the same price. Or even if you wanted to just make something custom, you can find like an indie designer that will make you something gorgeous. You don't have to buy something off the rack. Like it kind of is amazing to me how many people just shop from what there is when you're spending that amount of money. Your options are endless. 
dress. So true. And nowadays, like brides are kind of switching up their look halfway through their wedding. Like they're getting a ceremony dress and a reception dress. And another thing that we're seeing is like brides kind of changing their hair as well from ceremony to reception. So I'm wondering in your experience, are your clients doing that? And do you have any tips for brides to choose two styles that they can easily pull that off? Yeah, so I recently learned in an interview that my perception of weddings is a bit skewed because of the (laughs) weddings I'm working on. Because my answer to this is that, yeah, every single person does a second look. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I think that there's there's just something really nice about that changeover in the evening and getting into a different dress and getting and having your hair changed. The trickiest thing with doing two looks is when someone wants their hair up for the ceremony and down later. So that's time consuming. There's really not a seamless way to make that look great. And people want to say like, oh, what if we just put like, we curl and then we put like a loose pin and it's like, it just doesn't work like that. It's going to be all all kinked up. So the best thing that you can do is if, if you're starting with your hair down or half up or something, and then going into some sort of up style is going to be the easiest thing. And usually the most appropriate, like having a party pony or a cool top knot or something for your after party makes the most sense. I love a party pony. (laughs) Yeah. And I like thinking about it too, as like for an after party. So rather than it having to be separate for the ceremony and the reception, Mm -hmm. you could do the same thing for the ceremony and the reception, but then also like have a fun look for the after party. It's like a little bit less pressure Mm -hmm. and then you can pull it off a little bit better. I think it's so funny. We talked about this on the episode where we did the wedding watch with friends because Monica does this where, and like, it's so clear to the viewer that they film this on a different day, but her, her ceremony, her hair is up and then it comes down and it's like this beautiful blowout that like, there's just no way it could have seamlessly in a minute gone from one to the other, but it gives us dreams of wanting to do that. And it's good to hear from a pro that maybe we should let go of those dreams. Yeah, it's just better to flip that script a bit unless you really want to sit down for like 30 minutes and have your hair reblown out or recurled again. It's just too time consuming. I mean, the day yeah. truly goes by in a flash. Like those minutes are precious. Like I wouldn't waste my hair, <laughs> my time, like yeah. getting all redone again. Not that you're not fabulous at what you do, but it's <laughs> yeah. like that's, that's uh, you know, prime like connection time with all your guests. So definitely, definitely, if you can make it happen snappy, that's a good, good advice. So you touched on this a little bit before, but for some of the styles that you might want, extensions might really be the only way to actually make them happen. Mm. I'm very curious to hear what your thoughts are about getting extensions for the day. Like, is that something that's a little risky to be just putting in day of if you're not kind of used to like wearing it? Is it like distracting? Does it feel different? Will it make you look really different? What do, what do you think about extensions? Yeah, no. So, I mean, I think that it, one, it depends on if you're doing your hair or you have a stylist doing it. If you're having a stylist do your hair, just making sure that they're you know able to use the extensions um, is important. It's always nice if you can show them them ahead of time to make sure that they're a perfect color match because it's always a dead giveaway with extensions. And I typically cut them into my client's hair to make them match their haircut. Um, and so that really helps them blend as well because you don't want just like long panels hanging out. The thing is, extensions can be used for a number of things and you don't have to, it doesn't mean that your hair needs to be super long because you're wearing them. You don't have to like clip-in packs usually come with like seven pieces that you can put into your hair. It doesn't mean that you have to use all seven. You could use two if you wanted, if you just need fullness on the sides. 
Um, so there's a lot of different ways that they can be used. They're also great for updos if you want some more coolness. But my favorite reason for using them truthfully on a wedding day is because that hair holds so much better than pretty much anyone's natural hair. So if you're doing a glam wave and you want it to last all day and night, putting in a few extensions will ensure they do that along with great prep work with, with styling products and such, but it can really help your style last. And if they're done right, you shouldn't feel super different from yourself and you don't really feel them in your head at all. Like people are always amazed. If you put in a lot of them, you can feel some weight. But other than that, you forget that they're there and if they're done right. You just feel like an amped up version of yourself unless you're trying to extend your length or add a lot of fullness that wasn't there originally. But um, I think it's a great way, especially with these trending hairstyles, like a soft wave or a bouncy blowout to just give it that little extra something um, that kind of elevates it. And it's something that you know, I've, I rarely work with celebrities that don't use some form of extensions in their hair. So all of these inspiration looks that people are pulling from red carpets and such are typically with extensions. I feel like it's a really good thing to point that out because I like, I have this like personal thing about it, probably just from my own hair trauma. Like I used to have so much hair <laughs> when I was younger. I had hair like trauma. just all this hair and now I feel like I have no hair anymore. And I feel like there's almost like ickiness of feeling like, oh, but that doesn't like represent me. And then it's going to feel fake, but it's the only way to get the look that I want and like to be able to temper that and be like all these pictures that I'm looking at that I'm creating my inspiration off of likely are using them as well so to feel a little better about that yeah I mean listen you're talking to someone who's like let's get some Botox let's do laser treatment <laughs> like you know and then I'm like let's go for it with the extensions if you're someone who like wants to feel extremely natural and you're not into those things it, it's that's okay too and maybe that's something that you steer away from Maybe an updo is going to be better if your hair doesn't hold or doesn't look super full. There's ways to navigate without. But yeah, I'm kind of like, if, if it's available to you and it makes you look better, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, our, I our whole message is like, do what's important to you and what makes you feel your best, what feels most aligned. So, I mean, I think that's perfect advice. So when it comes to trends and maybe non-traditional styles, can you talk about some of the coolest looks that you've created for weddings that were maybe out of the box and not as expected as usual? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I haven't done a ton that are super out of the box. I think like I did like a glitter pony for a client's rehearsal dinner. That was really fun. I used this glitter gel. It was amazing. And it like just blew up all over the internet afterwards. But yeah, I mean, most girls are like, in, I've been doing hair the last... 16 years and i would say the trends of the last decade have been really just pretty stuff like people aren't doing wild things with their hair and i think to our point about the 80s and stuff it's like people go for these classic looks so when i first started doing weddings it was a little bit more of like an updo era so there was a lot of that about 10 years ago or so and now since then like we went really into like this sort of really glamorous veronica lake wave and that kind of held tight for years and then now we've moved into we're doing like there's just a lot of like barely little bend on my ends and this like really soft look and like the boho style was hanging on for a long time and I know everyone loves and there's nothing wrong with it especially if you're a boho girl I would just find it a bit wild when girls who are like you know your everyday professional but suddenly their wedding comes and it's like they're this ethereal princess and like love a braid crown and i just don't quite understand it there's something about like grown women wanting braids at their wedding that i think should be more reserved for the flower girls but that's just my opinion it's 
one thing that I feel kind of strongly about it. So I'm sorry if there's people listening, either of you. <laughs> no, no. We're but here for a hot take. We love it. <laughs> there's just so many, like how many times like the mother of the bride suddenly wants like a braid across the side of her head and her daughter's playing. <laughs> Just like, what is that about? Really? Wow. Yes. Huh. That's a head scratcher for me as well, to be honest. <laughs> Another thing that I feel like is happening, partly Gen Z is to blame, is like the middle part mm-hmm. and then just like a blowout with like soft waves, which I think it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. But so many people, I'm like, I have never seen you in a middle part before. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that, like, very, like, tucked behind the ears thing, like, kind of, like, how Kim K kind of did her hair at one of the weddings. Oh, she's uh, responsible? Is that why? She did it at the, at the Kanye wedding, and it was, I mean, it was really pretty. The thing is, I mean, I think that's another one of those things. Slicking your hair down in the middle part to your head and tucking it behind your ears is kind of the same thing as, like, a slick pony. Like, if you're not someone who looks really great with, like, super slick hair, that middle part thing could be a bit tough um it's also really tough during trials because some people that looks beautiful on but when you don't have makeup on you don't feel great with it but then suddenly when you have lashes and lips and all that it's it it feels very different that is such a good point to make like when you are figuring out your hair doing your makeup to go along with it is definitely a smart choice because it's just different you look different i mean you feel that even trying on dresses but i feel like with hair and makeup they're so intrinsically tied that it can be really hard to separate the two. And like, definitely if you're doing trials, if you're doing trials of both do them at the same time, if you're not doing a trial of, let's say your makeup, but you are doing your hair, like you should try to do your makeup just so that you feel kind of like put into that place. Otherwise it's all going to seem foreign. Yeah. I wish more people did that actually just did. Cause it's, it's always like, like, Oh, it's so hard to tell, you know? So just like some, you know, mascara and lipstick, I think will go a long way when you're, have like a very formal updo on. Yeah. And then go on like a date night or go take your bridal portraits or something when you have like that whole totally. look done, like get some use out of that um, professional service that you're paying for. I agree. Great idea. So when it comes to delivering on what a bride is looking for, I know you mentioned coming with like a full printer's board is your best bet. Are there any other tips that you can provide that make it kind of easier for you when you're styling the bride's hair yeah i mean i think i always go into it like one looking at their inspiration pictures it's always nice if i haven't worked with the person before to try to understand their hair texture so like my hair gets really frizzy or it doesn't hold curl like that's all really important information to know also things are like deal breakers i hate my hair in the middle i hate when my hair is super flat and you know i always love volume like whatever it might be like those are important things to lead with and will help guide your trial for sure um because i think a lot of people are like I like these things and like, just, you know, do it. And I trust you. And it's like, yep. And now that I've done it, we're going piece by piece because there was all these little things that you didn't share at the beginning, which is no problem, but it just helps you get to where you want to be. If you lead with all of the things that are particular for you. And those things are important. Everyone has those little things about how they like to see themselves. So sharing all of that can be really great, but yeah, just making sure that your stylist is like open to collaborating. I hear a lot of stylists doing like look at a trial and uh, I think that I often do try to do like a few like not maybe they're not like exactly how it'll be on the wedding day because I'm doing it quicker but we go through a few things I mean and I guess you're asking like 
to deliver what the bride wants as a whole. But essentially, I feel like if you get through a strong trial with someone, I know exactly what they want and what I need to do. And so on the wedding day, we're good to go. That is great advice. Another thing we've been thinking about is, you know, especially like for a budget savvy bride, a lot of what they would like to do is get more of like an elevated look, potentially for less, right? Mm -hmm. I would love to know, in your opinion, what for hair makes a more elevated look? Like what are the aspects of the styling that make it feel more red carpet or just like less subtle? For me, it's always the details. So you can wear your hair slick straight if you wanted, but is it like pin straight with not a hair out of place and super glossy and shiny and and really has some movement to it and looks really just like clean and gorgeous, you know? If it's a bouncy blowout, again, like, are those little hairs around the hairline taken care of? Does the hair last all day? It's kind of just like all in the little details. Like if somebody has curled their hair, like was it curled well and like brushed out into where it's like this glossy like flow of waves. So for me, a lot of these things happen during the prep work. So even if you're doing your hair yourself, it's like, can you get a great blowout at least the night before where you're like touching it up in the morning? You know, is there a way to to just, yeah, have some of that done by a professional if you can, unless you feel really confident in doing your own hair. But I just feel like that day can be, there's so many things going on that like to really spend the time and attention that you would need to do your hair well, it would be tough, I'd imagine. But yeah, even if you have somebody just like help or you have a girlfriend help, if, if you're, I think using the right products can also really help. You know, I love using something that will ensure that your hair doesn't get like the, have you guys ever used Colorado stream coat i'm gonna hop right into no. this it's you're in london right now right is it pretty humid there uh yes it is <laughs> this is a dream product for humidity and it's something that you spray in your hair before you blow it out and the reason that i bring it up is because a lot of girls will spend so much time blowing out their hair and then it frizzes up even during an updo. It's like the prep work is so important because you could be dancing throughout the night and your whole hairline can frizz up. So this product Dream Coat is something you spray all throughout your hair. It repels humidity and it makes your hair last all day and night. And it's something that all of us are using. You know, Chris Appleton uses on Kim K all the time. I use it on all my girls before they go down. And it's like these simple tricks are really important when you're doing your hair yourself to, to make sure that it lasts because your traditional blowout when you're dancing and all these things that might work for you on your Tuesday night out with your girlfriends might not last at a wedding because it's a whole other beast. Yeah, let's pull more of that thread. Like what are the other suggestions that you have for the prep? You know, wedding planning, you're thinking of a million things, but something that has to be on the list, not just as a trial and day of experience is attending to your hair before. And I know a lot of women are like, oh, I'm just going to grow my hair out as much as I can. So there's as much of it as possible to work with. But if you don't have your hair cut kind of close to the time that you're going to be doing it, I imagine that's not good either. So do you have any tips for like when you should think about getting the last haircut before and maybe like doing a deep condition or something like that? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Using hair masks and do, doing those things leading up to it are always great. It's really hard to give kind of an overarching answer because everybody's different. A lot of girls have hair texture where it's like, this is going to be best if you just don't cut it and just get a little trim a week before. Um, where some people, it's like their hair just splits and sheds 
and growing it for a long amount of time actually just makes it worse and they have to maintain it or they're going to be doing highlights, you know, three times between then and their wedding. So, you know, I really recommend just sticking to your normal maintenance plan. If you're really looking to grow it, just do a dusting on your ends. You know, don't do a full cut each time you go. Hair vitamins and these things can really help. Um, using oils on the ends of your hair. I love like a jojoba oil or an argan oil. Like those oil treatments really work. So using that collectively over the, the months leading up to it are great. I also love Money Mask by Color Wow. It's pretty incredible at creating like glossy hair leading up to it. So there's a number of things that you can do. There's no real right or wrong thing to do. Are there things that you would say if you're just getting into more of a hair care type of regimen that would be the easiest first step? For sure. I mean, I think that like one, if you're just getting into skincare and like hair care routines and like having fun playing around with those things, I think that hair is often overlooked. People start with their skin and then they kind of just whatever about their hair. The thing is like one, your scalp is like an extension of your face, truthfully, and that skin should be well taken care of. And so, you know, really using great shampoos that promote healthy scalps. You know, it's amazing to me how many girls will use all of these shampoos that like volumize and moisturize and all these things. And then, and they leave things behind on your hair. And so over time, that sort of buildup can make your hair greasy quicker. And then it's just this kind of rallies where like, you just need a really good gentle cleanser to like remove any of that buildup on your hair before using styling products. So that's kind of baseline for me, which seems really almost obvious, but it's not. People use crazy things in their hair. So the Color Wall Shampoo is great, sulfate-free. It's my go-to, but there's a number of them out there. You just want to make sure that it's crystal clear. Conditioners aren't really built for skin. They're not really there to moisturize your scalp. And actually, those conditioning agents can build up on your scalp and actually impede healthy hair growth. If you've heard about like those conditioning shampoos, like when underwent a massive lawsuit because all these people were involved, it's kind of, that's like, a, that's a, that what I'm describing on a really macro level. So you'd imagine if you're doing that daily with your conditioner, it can really build up. And so that's not a great thing to lean on for moisturizing. Again, as I mentioned, like your, your scalp is an extension of the skin on your face. So um, there's a number of things you can do, but one, using a great gentle cleanser. Because a lot of shampoos are so rough on your hair, or they say they're going to volumize, and they're, they're roughing up your hair cuticle in order to make it feel more voluminous. And so those same things, you can imagine, are quite harsh on your scalp. So that this is baseline for me, is having a good, gentle cleansing shampoo. But then there's a lot of things that you can do for your scalp. There's great scalp treatments that are out there, depending on what your issues are, tea tree oil or doing these little oil treatments that I'm talking about where you're putting like an argan oil on your ends, that can also go on your scalp. You don't want to use so much oil on your scalp because that can also create buildup if you use too much over time. But I love it as like a night routine, like putting some on your ends, rubbing some on your scalp, not a lot, just a couple of drops, working it in, massaging your scalp, which the increasing circulation to your scalp also promotes hair growth, and then shampooing it all out in the morning. Love yes, it. I'm like taking notes. I I struggle with like I have oily skin, and so then my my hair gets oily, especially like right by my scalp. And so like I've always been nervous about using like the oils and stuff because I'm like I already have such oily hair. But do you have any advice for like the oily skin, oily hair girls? 
So again, like if like it's kind of the idea with with shampoos, where like if you have naturally oily hair, like using things that say they're moisturizing and making all these promises, are then also leaving more things behind. So it's going to kind of add to this issue. So you want something that's going to like really cleanse your hair without leaving anything behind, and that's how you're going to get the most out of your blowouts. And then focus your oils and such if you feel like you need it on the ends of your hair. You don't really have to focus it as much on your scalp. Good to know. <laughs> I always hear that it's best to work with dirty hair, like day old hair to make it hold curl the best. Is that something that brides should be keeping in mind? Like when it comes to their wedding day hair? So that's a great question. I typically tell brides to do whatever you want, because I would imagine if I had like a 14 hour day ahead of me, I would just want to be clean, like including my scalp. And so, and typically if we did their hair the night before for the rehearsal dinner, like they already had a big night. There was a lot of stuff that went into their hair and they just want to start with a clean base. There's really no one, in my opinion, that you can't layer the right hair products on to create what sort of grit that you want in order to make long lasting hair. I think that's kind of an old school mentality to, to say that somebody should have dirty hair. I also think that sometimes there's a balancing act there that it's like, oh, it's a little too oily and like now I need to use a little dry shampoo to like counteract. And that's a whole like, if you know your hair in particular, and I'll ask the client, like, does your hair in particular seem to do better for you on second day? And if it's a hard yes, it's like, let's go, you know, we'll do it that way. But otherwise I'm like, just take a good shower the morning you deserve it, you know? <laughs> that is a great question. Yeah. Two last questions before we wrap up. I would love to talk about some like other ideas that you have for doing. Like, I've seen some women put even like pearls in their hair, but I think that sometimes the hair can be like overlooked in, in favor of everything else. And it also could really be a chance for you to like express your style. And I'm wondering if you just have like ideas or things that you're like, oh, I would love to see that. Or that's a really cool thing. So we like all the things that you just mentioned, I'm obsessed with. And so like, even in my brand, we do so few for trademark beauty, we do so few hair accessories and stuff, but what you will find is these pearl twists star ones, crystal ones that you can twist into your hair to where you don't see any bobby pin or anything. They just show along with all these hair glitters because these looks that you mentioned, I love. And I think that those are subtle, well, maybe not so subtle, but fun ways to elevate a simple look, whether it's just a sleek ponytail with like a glitter starburst. You can even use like a glitter gel just around the ponytail band as a way to cover that band. And it's People are like, what is that in there? It's not a clip. It's not an elastic. It's just like sparkling. So those are things that like a lot of stylists don't just pack in their kit and show up for trials or day of. So if those are things that interest you, I love nothing more. I, I bring a lot of stuff, but like I love when this bride is like, oh, I bought these things. Like most of them are returnable. Like if we don't use them, but like here they are. And that's a great thing to show, you know, here's what you're into and here's what matches your dress. And then you can play around. Rehearsal dinners, great time to just go for it. And that's largely when people want to just play and have do fun things. The other thing is remember that when you do a hair brooch or an accessory, you can't see everything from every side. And so I think sometimes people look at an accessory and they're like, oh my God, that feels like a lot. And it's like, well, this is like tucked behind your ear. Unless you're on your right side, no one's going to see it. But it's a nice thing when you do turn that you get this visual interest. 
The same thing with these ponytails. It's like you're going into the party at the end of the night, all of your pictures from the front, you're just in a ponytail. But then the ones from the back when you're cutting the cake or whatever the case, it's sick that you have these pearls in your hair or whatever else. And it's just a simple way to kind of elevate a style. So I love. Accessorize the yeah, hair. That's so Accessorize everything. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Honestly. Okay. And so last but not least, we have to ask, do you have a favorite celebrity client that you've worked with? So favorite is tough. I think like there's been quite a few moments in my career that are very like pinch me. Like I, um, the, I used to train under Serge Normand, who's like, he does Julia Roberts and, and Sarah Jessica Parker and stuff. And so I was a big sex in the city guy and worked with Sarah Jessica for years. So every time she was doing a shoot, I was just like, Oh, it's Carrie. <laughs> and like would love. So there's that. Um, I have worked with Kate McKinnon. She's like one of my longest standing clients and she's just so lovely and feels like a sister to me at this point. And I, um, and I worked with Jennifer Aniston one time and she was just way nicer than she even should be. So fun. So cool. So can you give our listeners an idea of where they can learn more about you, about ColorWow, about all of the amazing things you talked about today? Yeah. So my Instagram's at Joseph Main and my TikTok's at Joseph.Main. Um, and then at ColorWow Hair is another handle where we share so many great tips and inspiration and bridal videos and product recommendations and such across all of these channels. So it's a great place and um, to, to follow along. And we also really responsive via dm so if you have questions or need product recommendations i'm always happy to help amazing amazing thank you that's so nice of course well it was so good to talk to you thank you for stopping by and we'll be back soon with a new episode of the bouquet toss this is so fun thank you guys you've been listening to the bouquet toss a podcast brought to you by the budget savvy bride We would love for you to join us in our free private community to get support and inspiration from other couples currently planning their weddings too. Consider the bouquet tossed in your direction so you can rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. As always, stay savvy and stay tuned for our next episode. That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware, when your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe.